Welcome to Winning at Work, the only podcast food and beverage professionals listen to. I'd love for you to take the five episode challenge. Pick any five episodes. I've got tons of great content, great brands, fantastic leadership out there. Did you learn something from those food and beverage executives? Do you think you could take it and apply it to your work? If so, subscribe. Then you can join me on my mission to discover how these totally awesome brands are being managed. What has made them different, better, and special? What are the strategies that they're using? We're gonna dig into retail, food service, perhaps distribution or R&D and innovation, sometimes fundraising, e-commerce, and my area of expertise, hiring. Come with me deep into the world of food and beverages, and let's discover together how these companies and these brands and executives are winning at work. Hey, I'm Tony Moore, the leader of Temple Search. We're a national food and beverage search firm. When you need to hire a food and beverage expert for your business, do not post a job description. You need to talk to us about our different, better, and special recruiting system. I guarantee you, you'll get the results and the highest caliber professionals you need for your business. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, welcome to Winning at Work. This is Tony Moore and today I have Kevin Scott. I've got our beverage expert with us. Kevin, how are you, sir? Tony, I'm great. It's Friday and I'm glad to uh, glad to be here. This is going to be a good one. It's a it's great day here in the South as, as we have our spring. Of course, our guest, Aaron Hindi, is in California. The weather is always beautiful over there, Aaron. You know, we got some good rain last night, but the sun's out today, so that's how I like it. Rain at night, sun in the day. Well, you need rain out in California. Um, Aaron, This is we're so excited that you're here because functional beverages – um, they're all over the um, they're all over the shelves. People, you know, consumers want better. They just don't want to drink empty calories. They now know they can go to really really cool beverages for different reasons. And I got to say, big shout out. Got the um, got the care package, and let's uh, let's open that thing up. This is fantastic. I got to say, so Kevin, you missed out on the sample pack. I did. Um, we'll get one but, over uh, Kevin. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, so Aaron is the is the CEO of of LifeAid, and these uh, functional beverages they've got several different lines. And what I've so the the FitAid I found had the best flavor to me. I really resonated with with that and all the different flavors. We got back from a long bike ride. My buddies, I just gave them all to everybody. They loved them. So it's it's definitely one of those kind of recovery drinks. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the brand. This has been about a 10, 11 year journey for you. So just kind of take us back through your, uh, your, your origin story here, Aaron. Yeah. yeah we're, uh, you know, as people like to say a 10 year overnight success, right? Um, <laughs> you know, my business partner and I, Orion, neither of us had any beverage experience. I was a sports chiropractor here in Santa Cruz. He was a certified financial planner. And if you rewind, you know, 11 years ago, you think about, you know, where beverage was at then. You had obviously CSDs that had been around carbonated soft drinks for 100 years. Um, nobody's drinking those for health, their health benefits, right? Uh, you had energy drinks, the big three at the time that were just completely crushing. 
uh, very effective. That was kind of the first real functional beverage, right? Um, you know, dosed with caffeine and taurine and that kind of thing. But again, nobody's drinking them for their health benefits or drinking them for effect. Mm-hmm. And then you had an emerging health category of kombucha, GT Dave's and, and Vita Coco, coconut water just hitting the scene really, right? And those had a perceived health benefit, you know, obviously kombucha for gut health, coconut water for hydration, and but they were very hippy dippy, very much an acquired flavor profile, you know, very polarizing. And, uh, you know, being a sports car practitioner and having a lot of professional athletes coming into my office, collegiate athletes, and I'd see them drinking the, the energy drinks. I'm like, man, you got to get off that crap. Like you can't be overstimulating your body constantly. And they said, look, I drink a lot of water. What would you have me drink? And they weren't really into, you know, the kind of polarizing flavor profiles of some of the new emerging brands. So I'd be giving them like home concoctions to make. With, oh, that's how it know, started, like, huh? You know, so some, you just were experimenting. You know, lemon juice and some, you know, Himalayan sea salt and that kind of thing. And uh, and my business partner and I saw a real gap in the market. You know, we, we wanted to take the cool, sexy, hip lifestyle branding that the energy drinks have, had done so well and some of the health benefits of the emerging health drinks and marry them, you know, and have our cake and eat it too. And that's where really Life Aid came from. And we're the very first function forward uh, brand out there. If you, if you recall, you know, 11 years ago, it was like a brand would have basically, a, if it was an energy drink, they'd have their energy drink formula and then they'd have, you know, 15 flavors of that, right? We were the first brand to really look at it from a function perspective. Like what is the intended use occasion and let's create a specific blend for that use occasion. And that's why each of our blends is very distinct, very different. You know, we really got our initial traction when we started going very deep with Fit Aid, which is our very clean post-workout recovery drink. Mm-hmm. That's what we're both uh, having now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're in Santa Cruz, CrossFit's from Santa Cruz. We partnered with CrossFit very early on. And, uh, and that's where we started getting a lot of traction when we started selling, you know, direct to, to gyms with, uh, with FitAid and direct to consumers. So we didn't have any retail presence whatsoever for the first six years of almost six years of our, our company. We were only online at a time, you know, bef- before it was kind of the cool thing to do. So you didn't even, so you didn't start retail. You went right into the niche. Sometimes I wish we never would have went retail. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Kevin can probably speak to that. The headaches of of retail. Um, Nightmares. Yeah. So wait a minute. So I didn't realize CrossFit started right. Th- is it started right there? Or do, have you done? Yeah, CrossFit? yeah Greg, uh, right here in Santa Cruz. You know, I remember as as a, a kid. You know, I was like you know nineteen or twenty at the time, and I had memberships to you know all of the local gyms because it was inexpensive to do so. And you know, I was single, so those different girls at each gym, and, <laughs> and, and I would see you know Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, at one gym running like this kind of group class hogging equipment running people in and out of the gym and back on the equipment and he would get kicked out the owner would be like what are you doing you can't do this inside the gym and kick him out of that gym and then i'd see him show up at at a different gym you know he'd go from like golds over to 24 hour over to world gym and it was pretty funny so but then he ended up starting his own gig and you know look what it's become now yeah that's a total side note but um i did i hit crossfit really hard for like six to nine months got in the absolute best shape of my life but man it's it's rough. I mean, if you're competitive, 
I mean, the people in those in those boxes, man, they will push you. So I could see where this something like this would really go over well in totally. that kind of competitive environment. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was the right product at the right time. You know, timing is is everything in, in life, and uh, we just hit the timing really well with that one. So, Aaron, mm-hmm. Aaron, how did you so, – so think about this, because you've already kind of talked about the evolution of some beverages where they were, and everybody knows Coke and Pepsi. They're the big giants. Um, and then in the energy space, Monster, Red Bull, they're the giants. So when you first had this idea, what were your thoughts about how am I going to penetrate the market and how am I going to compete with, with the big Goliaths right now? Well, Kevin, as they say, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you oh, can't I love the honesty. Giants. You can't compete. Yeah. The only way you can compete is by niching down, right? So the more focused we can be, the more we could focus on an audience that nobody was paying attention to. And again, at the time, that was CrossFit. You know, CrossFit was a very, you know, new training paradigm. It, it wasn't paid attention to much outside of the hardcore, you know, uh, of the community. And, uh, and people had no idea what it would become, how it would really change the face of fitness in this country. But at the time, you know, nobody was paying attention to it. And so, you know, the big boys were sponsoring, as you know, they were into the X games and motocross and, 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 you know, the, the big sports and not paying attention to these like emerging categories. Yeah. So, so it's a really good space to go after, or at least really hone in your focus. How about distribution? I know you said for six years, you really, you had no retail presence, but um, as you know, one of the big challenges in this whole game is getting it from point A to point B through distribution. So where do you stand right now? Where, where are you when you started and where are you right now with um, distribu- distributors? Yeah, great, great question. You know, when we started, we were shipping small parcel out of our Santa Cruz warehouse with, with two pallets and a little cage that we had. And, and, you know, now we still have a very robust direct to consumer and direct to gym business. Uh, we've got, three warehouses that, that we own internally around the United States and we have seven 3PLs. So, you know, we're able to get people their packages in, you know, a couple of days as they've come to expect with Amazon. Yeah. We also distribute, you know, through Amazon, have a robust presence on that platform. We use a combination of distributors. We've built out a DSD network uh, on the West Coast. We have our wholesale distributors, Unify and Kahi for mm-hmm. the natural channel and some of the big uh, retail chains out there. So really, you know, our approach has always been when we set up a new relationship with a retailer, like what works best for you? What's the best route to market for you? And really work to to make, uh, you know, that work for you know, whatever's best for them is how we want to approach it. Nice. Are, nice. Are, are, are the retailers, are they becoming more receptive, like the mainstream retailers to functional beverage? Cause you know, when you walk down the aisle, it's just all the crap, a lot of the crap beverages are in there. What's, what are you seeing in terms of trends, consumer preferences? Are the, are the category buyers starting to wake up to this? Yeah, great question. There's a major shift going on. So, you know, we mentioned the big three in energy, you know, and what I call energy 1.0. That was obviously Red Bull, Monster, Rockstar. And then energy 2.0 was birthed a few years back uh, with really Bang hitting the the scene, right? Right. And Bang had this somewhat of a, uh, and I call it energy 2.0 because it added really uh, a an additional layer of functionality to energy. So Bang had this kind of perceived health halo uh, with creatine in it. 
it's come to light, you know, in the last couple of weeks, breaking news that bang doesn't have any creatine in it. So it was all total BS marketing. <laughs> like Oops. it annoys the heck out of me with, with these, uh, yeah, how these they companies. can get away with that, how they can get away with that. But, you know, energy 2.0 was birthed, I'd say with bang and then carried on with the likes of say C4 and Celsius and Alani new and where we're at right now with life aid and the beverage that you're currently drinking with fit aid, energy is I call energy 3.0, you know, the evolution of energy. And why is it the evolution of energy? Because if you look at energy 2.0, what's the commonality between Bang and Celsius and C4 and, and Alani New and those types? They all still have a bunch of crap in them. You know, turn yeah. around the back of the can. I was at Spins the other day and, you know, they said 86% of people are reading the the fact panel, nutritional panel prior to making a buying decision. That's awesome news for us because you know what all those companies still use? Sucralose. You know, right. sucralose, aspartame, ACE-K, artificial sweeteners. We know they kill your gut microbiome. There's no question about that. And they could be a lot more harmful than that. But, you know, we know from PubMed studies that they kill your gut microbiome. They're still using artificial dyes. They're still using marketing gimmicks like two servings per container when everyone knows you drink it all at once. They're still using... Uh, if they're not using artificial sweeteners, there's still a lot of sugar in it. They're still right. putting this naturally flavored label. on the front. What do you think when you read naturally flavored? You think it's a natural product and it's total BS because it still has artificial sweeteners. So there's a lot of marketing gimmicks going on still with Energy 2.0 and with Energy 3.0 with Fit Aid Energy where we want to be, you know, completely transparent, use the highest quality of ingredients, none of the marketing gimmicks, like here's the product, here's why it's superior. And, you know, it's really resonating so far with the uh, public. I mean, we launched this thing last week. We did, um, we did uh, $417,000 in e-com direct to consumer sales in a three-day launch, 417,000 for people, to people that had never even tried the product. That's a lot of cans. That's some good market penetration, right? You know, but why would they spend that kind of money on a product they'd never tried? Because over the last 11 years, we have built rapport with our community and they know that we put out quality products. Do we always get it 100% right the first go around? Heck no, but we get the feedback. We look at look at things and go, oh, yeah, we can improve in that. We can improve here and we continue to iterate until we get it right and get it perfect. And, you know, that's what people have come to know and and, and expect from from life aid what, what is it about the fit aid that is this kind of clean caffeine i'm not a uh, i'm not a food scientist but this label looks really clean i mean you've got really low calories low carbs really low sugar great flavor so what's the um wh- what what are you using that's really allowing this well, it's from a caffeine source. So there's a couple of things on, you know, why I, I call this kind of the evolution of energy. First, from caffeine. You know, a lot of companies uh, are putting an irresponsible amount of caffeine. You know, there's drinks out there now that have 300, 350 milligrams of artificial caffeine. Now, most people don't know artificial caffeine, if they're not listing the caffeine source, is probably coming from urea. Artificial caffeine comes from urea. Okay. And also at that dose, you know, we've got, uh, and a lot of these are being consumed by kids or teenagers and they're drinking, you know, multiple a day. I mean, you could get heart palpitations, heart attacks, like this is, that gets into a dangerous level. The FDA recommends, not that I follow what the government always says, but the FDA, I think actually gets this one right where they say, look, the upper limit should be 400 milligrams a day for an adult. 
you know, 400 milligrams. Yet, you know, some kids, you got 15 year olds drinking two, three cans of something that has 350. That's like a thousand milligrams of caffeine they're consuming. What do you think that's going to do your adrenal glands and your ability to, to get up and go naturally if you need to without having that kind of jolt? So um, we use 200 milligrams of green tea leaf extract. Okay, So you get a natural antioxidant effect with the green tea. Um, you don't get that sharp spike and crash. You know, it's a, much, a lot more gradual. So we're using a responsible amount. We're using a natural source. You know, the second part of it is you mentioned, you know, the great flavor and, and low carb, low sugar. You know, we're using all natural sweeteners. We don't use any sucralose, aspartame, or HK. We never have. We never will with any of our products. It's one of our, you know, core pillars. We'll never use artificial sweeteners in our, in our product line. Um, and then we have a great, uh, re recovery or recharge blend with BCAAs, glutamine, arginine, omega-3 fatty acids, a full B complex. You'll notice like the, 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 we'll use the methyl form of, of B12, which is higher bioavail bioavailability than most people's B vitamins are putting in there. We use individual BCAAs instead of grouped together. So there's no artificial uh, preservatives that are put in there. So there's all these like little nuances that if you're really into nutrition, if you geek out on it you can look at the back of a life eight can and go wow they really thought that one out yeah i think it's uh, i think it's pretty good that um you know you talked about anger ignorance is bliss but you know the reality is you definitely understand functionality you've definitely figured out hey there's a niche here we're gonna go zero in on it and i think that's great i think what i'm interested in as you and your partner built this brand out what are, what are some of the challenges that you ran up against and, and who did you go to for advice and how'd you, how'd you work your way through it? Cause as you know, with a beverage startup, there's a lot of paths to go and a lot of things coming at you very, very fast. So how'd you kind of navigate through that? Yeah, we've got some, you know, great advisors, uh, that, that have helped us out over the years. Um, some of the biggest help we got in the early days was from a good friend and, and still advisor uh, of mine, Ben Altadonna, who's just an amazing marketer and direct response marketer and really understanding human psychology and why do we do the things that we do? What, what compels us to make buying decisions? I mean, you know, think we're, we're, we started out selling beverages online. Right. So we're basically selling a drink and which is such a foreign concept. I mean, 11 years ago, all the people in the beverage industry said, you can't do that. It can't be done. You have to get liquid to lips first before someone's going to pony up, you know, $60 on a case of drinks. Like you guys are crazy, but we were able to do that because, you know, we knew that if we had the right messaging and the right offer, and we really stood by our product and the right use occasion that people would resonate with that. Um, so aligning with, with the right advisors, you know, was huge, uh, you know, some of the biggest challenges in, in the early days of just, and this is really general for any entrepreneur is you can't afford to, you know, hire out a, a full suite of employees when you get going. I mean, so you're doing everything, right? I mean, I'm pitching product, I'm doing sales, I'm taking out the trash, I'm, you know, formulating everything. And there becomes a point when you start to get traction where things start to burst at the seams. Like, you know, maybe you're dropping the ball with customer service or what, whatever it is. And you hire out of desperation, which is always the biggest mistake any entrepreneur can do because any resume that comes 
across your desk that checks the boxes, they get hired. And that is a big, big no-no. Even though things are bursting at the seams and even though you really need to fill certain positions, you have to follow the old adage of, of hire slow, fire fast, right? And you got to take your time, make sure that it's the right fit, the right cultural fit, the right alignment. Because one bad drop, you know, poison in the well can oh, man, poison the whole thing. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's it's so important to make sure. And I know, you know, being in, in uh, recruiting and, and, you know, getting actively recruiting, you know, executives to, to join a team, how important that is for you all to make sure that you're finding the right alignment, the right cultural fit. Yeah, I would just add on to what you just said is that the, the, the lower level that you hire, yes, they're poison, but, you know, you don't want them in the organization. That's probably... Salary times 20% damage, you know, by the time you add all your time and effort that you put into it. But as, as you get into management, senior management and executives, you're talking two and three X salary mistakes. Yeah. So to yep. your point, take it slow God, and really understand. Right on the team. So, but, but you're mentioning, though, this is an excellent point, though. So you're bursting at the seams when you're bursting in all these different areas. How did you guys figure out? What was the most important direction to take? We've had this debate. Do you do you hire sales? Do you hire marketing? Do you hire um, well, well, who who would we have this kind of it was with John Bailing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's all yeah. these debates. You know, if you when you're in sales, you want to hire sales. And you're marketing, you want to hire marketing. Yeah. So how did y'all yeah. suss out the right direction? Yeah. Do you yeah, remember? That's a good question. You know, you, you I'm do taking wanna, you back. You know, <laughs> like for like, right? You always want to yeah, hire. I'm like. attracted to other like alpha male salespeople because that's what I am, you know? Um, exactly. But that's not who I need. That's right. that's not where the deficiency is. So a lot of people really work to strengthen their weaknesses. And I just have learned over the years that's just not the way to do it. I will never, ever be an Excel jockey. Like, you know, it's just not my, I'm not great at, at, at deep follow-up. I'm not great at being ultra organized. You know, I'm big picture. I can sell, I can pitch, I can put people in the right direction. Yeah, you're an idea guy, of course. Of executors yep. around me. So, you know, one, the first hire that we made is uh, Andy Halliday, who's still with us now. And he was kind of the adult supervision that we hired and he's our COO and he is a master with spreadsheets. He's very analytical. He's very methodical, you know, and that's what, you know, Orion and I, neither of us, that's not our skill set. So, you know, hiring for where your blind spot or where your weakness is instead of what the kind of natural or innate um, uh, tendency would be, would be to, you know, hire someone who's, kind of a mirror of yourself. I think it's amazing that you've hired someone and they've been with you that long. That is very challenging to keep enough runway in front of someone. I know this is not the, the podcast to go into that in great detail, but that is one of the most difficult challenges that companies have is how do you keep putting enough opportunities in front of people to keep your best people active and engaged? You certainly have found something. Obviously, your growth has helped. Yeah, we've been very blessed. I mean, Andy's been with us since day one. Um, we've got, we've got, you know, quite a, a large percentage of our core team is, have been here since the beginning. I mean, we've got mo a lot of our employees have been over five years with us. Um, our COO has probably been with us. I mean, our CMO has probably been with us, 
you know, seven years now or something like that. So we've been, we've been very blessed to bring on the right people uh, from the get go that have really bought into the overall vision and help contribute to make that a reality. Kevin, when you were at, at Coke, you guys had obviously you, you had money to look at new ideas and innovation. You know, you had all this, you know, influx of capital from, on the inside. Right. But as an entrepreneur, when you need extra money, you're talking about dilution. Right. So, I mean, how do you kind of manage trying to grow the business and not get into diluting yourself? And at the same time, you want to keep innovating. You need money. You need R&D. How do you manage all those different aspects? Yeah, that's that's challenging. And, you know, the, the next time around, uh, once this has run its course, I will be much more cognizant of that, you know, because um, it is very capital intensive business and equity is cheap when you don't have cash. Right. And, mm-hmm. and uh, equity gets very expensive later on when if and when it, it's a success. So, um you know, the more you can bootstrap, the more you can create a real business that actually spits out EBITDA and uh, and isn't just burning through, you know, millions of dollars every year. That's that's the new model. And it's funny to say that's the new model because that's kind of what a business has always been about. But for some reason in CPG, we got way away from that uh, as an industry. And it was all about top line growth at all costs, burning millions of dollars, no path to profitability. And the pendulums fortunately swung the other direction, which just makes more sense, right? Yeah. Do you, um, do you feel like you're at a point, Aaron, where you've kind of weathered the storm, you've, you've experimented, you figured it out online sales, which, which is actually insane to get somebody to try something for 60 bucks and they have, it's not even in front of them. So that's a big accomplishment there. And I've looked at your website. I've seen some of the customers that you brought on board, which you've got a great list. So do you feel like you can kind of take a step back and look at, all right, we're, we're finally getting traction. We're bringing in revenue. And what do you think is the next thing for your particular brand? What, what's that future look like in the next few years? Yeah, we're, you know, we, we just launched, you know, Fit8 Energy. So now we're able to compete head to head in the performance energy category, which we'd never been able to do before. We, we were compared to the performance energy category, but we didn't have a caffeine platform. So, you know, we were always asking people to, to trade in their caffeine for vitamins. Now they can have both, you know, with, with Fit8 Energy. Um, so now we have the right product mix. It's really about going deep now for us, continuing to go deep. And, you know, there's another really mistake that we made is, you know, when we were the cute girl at the party, it was very easy to knock down ACV. And so we were going much wider, getting new, new accounts, new retailers coming on. And it takes a lot of work to make sure that you win. Knocking down new business is the easy part of this business. Maintaining and making sure you uh, continue to excel and are successful in that business is a whole nother game. And so you can grow way too fast. And I think, you know, part of it, part of it is we did grow a little too fast. And now we're looking at the business going, Hey, we need to make sure that we've optimized our SKUs. We have, uh, we have, you know, quite a few different SKUs, different functionalities. Now, some of those do really well on, on Amazon, but they don't belong on a retail shelf. Some of those do really well in our gyms, but don't do well anywhere else. Some of those do really well on retail shelves and that's where they belong. So 
not being married to everything has to work everywhere and, and, and being okay and understanding that certain SKUs are going to excel in certain channels and that's totally okay. Uh, but from a retail perspective, you know, going really deep with the retail partners that we have, you know, getting fit aid energy in our, in the set and getting our SKUs optimized and really going deep with those partners and creating a real velocity story of flywheel, um, because that's where you get the attention, right? I mean, it, it, it all is based on the flywheel. The more you're selling with a retailer, the more the distributor is taking notice because they're seeing the turns, the more attention you get, the more off shelf you get, the more you sell and around and around and around it goes. You know, I think so, too many businesses uh, in CPG are just focused on more and more distribution and, you know, without focusing on, well, what happens after we get that distribution? Yeah. And you, you, and you, you're experiencing it and, and we did a Coke as well, but it's the retailer likes you. They, they love you for the first year, maybe year and a half, but then it turns into what do you got for me next? Yeah, exactly. And look at Coke, you know, Coke just found that out the hard way with, you know, Coke energy, like how many, how many brands could do $200 million in sales and, and consider it a failure. Right. But, <laughs> we think but about the that. Coke system is so massive that, yeah, they launch a product. Of course, they're going to do 200 million. They have distribution everywhere. There's yeah. nowhere that Coke, it's the best distribution system in the entire world. It's better than Amazon, right? Yeah. There's nowhere it doesn't ch- touch. So, you can't pay attention just to the top line number. You have to pay attention to, well, what's the velocity story? And obviously the velocity story wasn't there for Coke energy and it got killed after what a year or less than a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just did. I never saw that brand extension that did not make any sense to me. Um, but you mentioned this, um, a caffeine platform. So this really does kind of show you now that you're able to maybe create new formulations and you can now experiment and maybe offer new things to the marketplace. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, as long as we're staying within our guardrails and being true to our core values, where we're putting out the absolute best quality products at a reasonable price and never using any artificial, you know, colors, flavors or sweeteners and staying tight to, you know, our principles then you know, it's it's open now. You know, are we going to. You can also get, go down a rabbit hole going way too niche. You have to have an addressable market, right? And and so it's got to make sense from a business perspective as well. And also, you know, other things that we've learned is like you got to make sure your supply chain is tight and that, um, that you know, ingredient availability like, oh, I found this new superfood and, you know, that's only – Yeah, let's try to blend it in. in the Himalayas or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah. what happens if you can't get that anymore? Like sometimes things come and go or there's major supply chain hangups or there's cost of goods issues that you need to be cognizant of. So there's a lot of factors that, you know, still that that float around now that, you know, we weren't cognizant of on day one that we're very cognizant of now. It's like, okay, you got to have great products, but you also got to be able to, you know, if you run it once, you got to be able to produce it again. If it's a big home run, people want to reorder and you got to be able to manage your supply chain from ingredients and cans and everything. And as you know, you you guys probably know that there's a lot of challenges with supply chain right now and aluminum shortages and all that kind of thing. So there's a lot of back end logistical operational stuff that, uh, you know, that I've gotten trial by fire. Yeah. So, it's, it's, so think about this. You have, <laughs> you've gone through a lot of challenges, a lot of trials, tribulations, but when I think of your brand, 
Uh, and for those of you listening, you can't see it. You, you're already branded with your sweat outfit. You got, you know, you got the uh, Life Aid on there. I think of it as a cool brand. And you've got, you know, I checked your website out again. You've got brand ambassadors. You've got celebrity. You've got athletes. Talk a little bit about that, because to me, that's the fun part of the business. Yeah, it really is fun. And, uh, you know, outside of CrossFit um, and our alignment there and, and growth, I would say the number two pillar was, you know, early ambassadors uh, that came on board and supported the brand and, and getting our brand out to their following. That game has changed significantly now. But I'd say that, you know, if I was giving advice to a startup, I would say only align with ambassadors that authentically love your brand, right? These pay to play deals, you, people can see right through them, you know, and, and not to say you, we don't pay certain ambassadors or athletes. Of course we do, but it's came first and foremost as an organic relationship, authentic love for the brand, authentic outreach. And then like, okay, well, you know, I'm, you know, you're helping, business, you know, so. with the volume. So give them something for it. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I mean the, you know, in the early days, it was mainly just like, you know, product only type of deals where, you know, we, Oh, you love it. Okay. Hey, you've got a big following, you know, post for us once in a while, we'll kick you down some product. And they were stoked on that. So, you know, that authentic alignment is super important uh, for growth. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've, I've dealt with a lot of startups over the past couple of years. I've been, you know, help helping startups in the beverage industry get started. And a lot of things that they focus on is let's get an ambassador, let's get an ambassador. And there are agencies that will go get them. But to your point, one day they could be advertising your product. The next day it could be chicken nuggets. The next day it could be <laughs> it's uh, just, cosmetics. It's like totally. well, it's yeah. the flavor of the day for them. Yeah. And yeah. It's not very authentic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lack of credibility. Well, guys, as we as we start wrapping up, um, Aaron, you you've given a lot of advice for for entrepreneurs. And I'm just I, I I'd like to pick your brain a little bit more. Is there anything else that is critical for someone who's in the kitchen or maybe they've, they're in an incubator now or they're launching anything, practical advice that you would give a, a beverage startup? Yeah. One of the greatest marketers out there is a guy named Dean Jackson. And he, um, he has a, a set of principles that he follows with marketing. I think that the first principle is just essential for a piece of advice and it's choose a single target market choose a single target market. I mean, I sometimes will look at a deck and they'll be like, oh, the total addressable market is this. And they're like, all we need is 1% of this. And it's yeah. just such an inaccurate way to, to think of that. You are not Coke. You are not Pepsi. You are not Red Bull. That is not your addressable market. You know, there's no way you could have the funding to even get close to touching so that. So tighten that so funnel up. Really get up. Narrow. Choose a single yeah. target market. The more niche, the more narrow, the better. And then don't just market to that. You have to be authentically part of that community. Why did we go to CrossFit first? Because Orion and I, my business partner and I met in a CrossFit gym here in Santa Cruz. I used to treat as a chiropractor, cross, you know, members of a CrossFit headquarters, some of the early athletes. It started in the same town we live in. You know, we were very early to that movement. People knew who we were because it wasn't very big at the time, right? So I'm not going to go into a target market that I have no clue about because people will sniff out the inauthenticity immediately. So choose a single target market and make it a target market that you're actually immersed in. Nice. Great advice. 
It is great advice. And have maybe five or $10 million. <clears throat> okay. Um. Never, well, it, it, I'd say it never hurts, but it can hurt. You know, being cash strapped makes you uh, be very disciplined. Yeah. So, so sometimes if you have too much money, right, that can be a problem. Having less money really focuses, focuses you on exactly what's most important that you absolutely should be focusing on. Absolutely. It keeps you laser focused on what's going to actually move the needle instead of just sh- chasing every shiny object that's out there. And there's a lot of them. And there, there, there is. Well, I just have to say on behalf of, of all the listeners and, and Kevin and myself, Aaron, thank you for just for taking time out and thanks for the samples and just thanks for the, the practical advice. And I love the, it's just an authentic company that started and was born out of a need. You met the need and you've kind of learned as you've, as you've gone along. And I think it's just an excellent example to the beverage world. It can be done. And we're just looking forward to, to more great stories out of you guys. I appreciate that. Thanks, uh, Kevin, Tony. Really appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, Aaron, thank you. It's just great advice for entrepreneurs, especially if you're listening. Um, you know, you, 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 you took them through kind of A to Z and how they get there. So just, I got to applaud you guys for grinding it and making this thing big and cool and, and relative. So it's a great job to you. And, and tasty. Yeah. <laughs> That's always I know some people. I know some people are like function over form. I want both. I'm sorry. We're, I'm an American. <laughs> yeah, those want, days are over. You know, you, you got I it. Agree. It's got to be pleasing to the palate. And you know, I agree. Like, so with the keto movement, we've really nailed that now. You, you'll have like, you know, some keto sweets and different things that, that really nailed the flavor profile instead of that old school, you know, chalky taste that it used to have 10 years ago. Now we've got some really pleasing flavors. Why don't you plug your websites? How can people find you? Where are you? Yeah, websites, LifeAid, A-I-D, LifeAid, BevCo, B-E-V-C-O, LifeAidBevCo.com. Most active on our at FitAid, at FitAid on Instagram or TikTok. For me personally, it's just my name, A-A-Ron, Hind, H-I-N-D-E. Most active, usually Instagram or uh, Instagram, Facebook or, or LinkedIn. You're everywhere. Awesome. Well, I hope everybody checks it out. This has been very informative. I've loved it. And I'm, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I, we try lots of different brands and, um, these got cleaned out pretty quick. So All right. Good to hear. well Appreciate done. You. Well done. We'll see you guys soon. Take care.